What's up, friends? Welcome to Peloton. We always work this hard because we are Peloton, and together we go far. Remember, you are not alone. I'm right there with you. Progress, not perfection. You've done the hardest part. This is Peloton. Hey, 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 everybody. I am Tunde Oyunane, and welcome to another episode of Fitness Flipped, a Peloton Studios original. This is the show all about flipping the script on the things that we think we know about fitness. Today we're talking about a subject that hits pretty close to home. We're speaking about body image, which seems like a duh thing to talk about, being that this is a fitness podcast. However, I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised to hear today's take on the matter. It's Fitness Flip. We flip the conversation, and today we're doing just that. Because how we perceive our bodies sometimes becomes our greatest obstacle within fitness. So tune in, stay here. In this episode, we're here to help it become our strength. Okay, guys, so let's let's jump right into it with some real talk. I will uh, I'll start as a fitness professional. I will stand here, although I'm sitting, I'll sit here and say that I have a love and hate relationship with my body. I think that so many of us have this love-hate relationship with our bodies, and maybe love-hate is too strong. So I'll say that so many of us have this confident, not confident, insecure thing with our bodies. I think that our bodies and the way that we feel about our bodies is shaped by many factors. One, our culture, our families, the way that we were brought up, the fashion at the moment, which, I mean, social media has perpetuated this, like the fashion changes uh, instantly. The friend group, the circle of friends that you associate with. I saw a study, uh, I'll share it with you, 87% of women and 65% of men compare their bodies to the images that they consume on social and traditional media, which can feel like a comparison trap. If you go back to our comparison episode, we talked about this. I know from experience, because I've lived in so many different bodies, that my relationship with my body is this beautiful and complicated, ever-evolving thing. I'll say that where I am now, and I'll backtrack and say where I am now proudly, is this space where I choose joy, not punishment. I choose to look in the mirror and see the beauty Uh, rather than allow myself to sit and focus on the parts that maybe I don't like so much. And when those bad body image days do surface, I work to not punish myself for having those ungenerous thoughts. I accept that it's a bad day. I surrender to the bad day and I trust that I'll move out of it. I trust 
that I'll find my way out of it. You know, I feel like today's topic, it's it's such a sensitive one. And it's such a sensitive one because body image is really associated to the relationship that we have internally with ourselves. It's a conversation that we have on repeat with ourselves. Although we're, we're speaking to confidence and strength, and how we should transition the way that we speak to ourselves or how we feel about ourselves, I also feel like it would be remiss to not acknowledge that just wanting to lose weight is very real, right? Um, I think it would be remiss to not acknowledge that from a very young age, society trained us to have these thoughts about ourselves and society continues to train us to have these thoughts about ourselves. So if at any point uh, this feels like, well, oh yeah, easier said than done, please let me reiterate that this is a work in progress for me too. Please let me reiterate that you are not alone, we are not alone, And the goal, the focus really of this episode is to perhaps visit this topic from a new perspective. Maybe this is where we start to rewrite the narrative, reframe the space in which we have these conversations with ourselves. So with that, I'll say that What I love so much about Peloton is that this really is a space to celebrate your body rather than workout or fitness or working out, rather than it being in a space of punishment. um, It really is this space where we root for ourselves within this fitness journey. It's about health. It's about building health and strength and self-love. Okay, so with that being said, here's what's happening on today's episode of Fitness Flip. First, we're talking to a medical anthropologist about how body ideals have changed over time. And then we're talking to record producer Dijon McFarlane, aka Mustard, about his own body image and fitness journey. Our expert today is professor of anthropology, Nancy Chen, who we spoke to from her office at UC Santa Cruz. What's up, West Coast? As a medical anthropologist, she focuses on healing practices and health institutions. She's an expert in body ideals, health, and as we'll learn, how those are or are not connected. So body image, the way that we see ourselves, is ultimately controlled by the idea of what a body should look like. So let's learn from Professor Chen about how these ideals are made, who dictates them, where do they come from, and how quickly they can change. So body ideals are defined as notions of what bodies ought to look like or represent, and these can change over time. So it's important to know that representations of body ideals, whether it's about proportion or relationship to external forces, these are actually reflections 
of social, political, and uh, environmental relations. As an anthropologist, we study different cultures and understand them comparatively. And we've come to understand how body ideals are not the same around the world. What might be considered beautiful in one society may or may not be considered the same in another society, literally just next door. So in a sense, body ideals are a reflection of culture as well as in a sense created by cultural values. This question about how how does body ideals travel and how might they change so quickly, a lot of it does have to do with our media and especially in this day and age, social media. That social media specifically has compressed our sense of time and space such that new trends can travel so much faster than before. That what we used to think of what would take place within a generation is now taking place within a year or two. So we have multiple subcultures. All of them coexist at the same time. And we have to realize that different body ideals may exist for the same generation at the same time um, in the same place, but they might come from all over the world. Media certainly has a tremendous impact on not only how we see ourselves, but also how we see each other's. And Increasingly, different forms of media, whether it is um, uh, expressive arts or commercials, magazine covers, uh, images on you know various social media platforms, all of this have tremendous impact, especially for young women, but also young men too, in terms of notions of what is an ideal uh, body. Uh, specifically in terms of how gender binary systems work, right? So what does it mean to be to exist in a feminized, highly feminized body? Or what does it mean to live in a highly masculine body? That all of these forms of media have tremendous impact on creating but also sustaining long-term images uh, or that ultimately become goals for uh, young adults to to buy into. And so this leads to another question about why do we invest so much in body ideals? What is so significant about bodies? Well, really, our bodies are our social selves, and these are worlds that we engage with in every day as well as special moments. So body ideals kind of become a form of communication. Um, It's a form of engagement, not just with ourselves, but the social worlds that we live in. Sitting here having aha moments listening. So our bodies are our social selves and how we engage with the world. But the ideal version of that body changes all the time. So then the question is, how the hell are we supposed to keep up? And then it's like, then maybe we're not supposed to keep up. Like, I have a square, muscular body. I spent years waiting for square, muscular bodies to be trending. You know what? It's like, or I can just be okay with this. And maybe me being okay with this, that's the trend. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that's what's trending on on the social is hashtag, this is what I look like and I'm okay with that. You know what? I'm, I'm also okay with being the, the ringleader to start that trend, that hashtag. Maybe I'll put a cute song behind it and a dance and we'll call it a thing. Okay, so let's hear from Professor Chen about how our relationship to these body ideals shape our body image and how we then use that relationship to help build a healthy 
relationship with our bodies and not one that's dictated by the outside world. Here she is. The focus on thin bodies have been around for more than half a century. And the global rise in obesity with accompanying metabolic disorders and cardiovascular disease have led folks around the world to focus on weight and thinness as ideal forms. And so this obsession with thinness or dieting for thin bodies can really be a form of systemic harm, especially for communities of color, especially for practices of body shaming or self-induced eating disorders. And in many ways, as medical anthropologists, my role is to talk about health being so much more than body ideals. And so I hope that if it's one of the take-home messages, I hope people will think about. But I would say during this long pandemic, many of us have really turned to our bodies kind of as the only thing we know, the only thing that we use to protect ourselves. And so in this moment, there has been a very specific focus on health and having our bodies uh, reflect ideal health. Much of that, however, has really been about weight or about body type rather than the interiority of what can our immune system do? What can our microbiome do? And so, in a sense, much of the present or the bodies of the present has been, in a sense, about having lean muscular bodies, which is the new thin, rather than thinking about having bodies that are energetic or dynamic and be able to function in the ways that we'd like to if we want to go um, participate in, say, um, extreme sports, whether it's surfing or snowboarding or just everyday walking and being able to be proactive so that one is well enough to take care of oneself, but the, the people that we're uh, surrounding ourselves with. As an anthropologist, what I'm arguing for is really to think about a much more careful, attenuated consideration of how we eat, how we sleep, how we breathe, and how we might live well in relationship to different forces, could be stress or exposure, and how we manage our bodies such that we get away from idealized form into actual lived bodies that really carry us forward in the world and allow us to survive, but hopefully at some point to thrive. Isn't that the point? Like this thing that we're supposed to take care of because it allows us to survive. Thank you so much, Nancy Chen. This is so powerful. I'm thinking about the story that we've told ourselves about our bodies. I'll put this out there. Would you all remember when we talked to the sociologist Tressie McMillan Cottom about self-expression? She told us that we can all revise our stories on our path to becoming our most authentic selves. Maybe this is where the revision happens. How can we revise the stories that we tell ourselves about our bodies? All right, y'all. So today's guest is Dijon McFarlane, a.k.a. Mustard. Mustard is a multi-platinum and Grammy-winning record producer, DJ, record executive, beat maker, and songwriter from Los Angeles. And he is also a dedicated Peloton member. So a few years back, Mustard started his fitness journey. It was prompted by a couple of things. Number one, it was him getting into shape for a tour. And number two, he had a very stressful doctor's appointment. 
at the very beginning of his fitness journey, he was actually at the Peloton Studios for my old school Peloton-ers, you guys will remember this. If you're new, I invite you to log on to that on-demand catalog and check it out. My brother, Alex Toussaint, led a all-mustard banger curated ride. Mustard and Alex collabed on that playlist. Check it out. Find it on demand. If you grab your binoculars, you will find your girl in the back row. So I I was still a secret at Peloton. I hadn't launched officially, publicly yet. So they placed me in the back row, you guys. You'll see my dreadlocks. (laughs) Uh, My faux locks. You'll see them bouncing around in the back row. Anyways, enough about me. Back to Mustard. When the pandemic hit, he was even more motivated to get fit. And in the years since, he's still pushing forward on his fitness journey. He is still pelotoning. And he's still running around the house chasing after all of them kids. He's also using his fans to hold him accountable. Mustard, we see you tracking your progress on your workouts on social media. Keep it up. We love to see it. So... It felt like proper timing to get a little check-in with the man ourselves. I was curious to pop into the mind of a young dad who's also a world star musician and producer. I wanted to not only hear his take on body image and confidence, but also I'm curious to know how other people in his personal life and in the industry might perceive him differently as his body and his fitness has changed over the years. So here it is. Master, we are so excited to have you here today. Thank you for being here. We are talking about body image today. And to be honest, how body image, our image of ourselves and our bodies, how it affects all of us. So we're just going to jump right in if you're cool with that. Cool. Yep, I'm cool with it. So my first question for you is, uh, or rather, I want to explore your relationship with your body as a kid. As a kid? Yeah, what was your relationship with your body as a kid? Like, for me, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Like, I was overweight as a kid. People made fun of me for my size. I feel like there were so many sports and so many things I didn't try out for because I was too busy worrying about what everybody thought about me and the way I looked and the way my body moved. And I thought you had to look a certain way to play sports. Did you experience any of that at all? No, I always had a little confidence. So, well, I had a lot of confidence. So, I never really was, like, the person that was just like, oh, my God. You know, I always had, like... I was that person. I was like, shit, I'm good. I'm I'm cool. I, I feel like I look cool or, you yeah. know, I was good in my skin or whatever. Until, like, later on in life, I was just like, I got to fix this. Because it, it got out of hand. It got crazy. It reminds me of, I think, a Lizzo. Lizzo's come out about being body conscious and body positive and talking about how much she loves her body. And everybody is like, always treats it as if she's so brave to say that she loves her body. And I've heard her in a quote, one of the quotes that she says, where she's like, right. damn, I just said I love my body. Like, why is that deserving a war? Like, why are y'all putting something negative right. on my body? Um, so right. I wanted to dig deeper with what you're saying about right. you put on weight, but you still felt good. Yeah. I still felt good, but uh, the reality hit. You know, you go, and I'm, I'm 31, so when when you go to the doctor, you're like, you got high blood pressure, and if you keep up this, you're going to have a heart attack. You're like, ah, okay. And, you know, you got uh, high cholesterol and, you know, that was enough for me. You know, like, 
health wise for me. I'm not talking about for other people because you know you can you can be big and not have high blood pressure. So it's just like it's really what people say. It's like it's a lifestyle. It's not like a quick thing. Yo, it's like you won't do it until you are You're ready, ready. Yeah. to do 100%. it. Right, hundred percent. I just feel better now. I feel you know way better. I feel like I have more confidence. I'm lighter on my feet. I can run with my kids if I want to run with my kids. I can, you know, it's just endless of things that I go on bike rides with my friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I got a, like a bike that I ride on the streets and to the beach. I was never doing that type of stuff before. I would just go home and go to sleep and eat and, you know. Mm, that's got to feel good. That's got to feel good to be able to do activities and things that you couldn't. I wonder, like, what role have your kids played in all this? Do your kids ask you to do things that they wouldn't have asked you to do before? Whether it's a hike or moving or bicycling? Nah, they kind of like, they're young. So, you know, my oldest is about to be 10 in like a couple of days. And my youngest is two. Yeah. So, um, nah. You know, kids are just blunt. Like these, <laughs> you know, like my daughter's like, look at mommy, look at daddy's big belly. Like, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I've heard her say that. Right? A long time, was but... that ever hurtful at all? Like in the, in, obviously she's nah, a kid and she hell. doesn't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Nah. It's just. It's, yeah. yeah. One of my aunts' reason I asked is when I was a kid, and this is like Nigerian culture. My aunt, like she didn't mean wrong with this, but she would always tell my cousin, "You need to eat more. You need to eat more so that you can be fat, like your auntie Tunde, and you can fit into her clothes." And I knew that she didn't mean wrong. Like she was just trying to get her daughter some free clothes. But those were the comments where I was like, I because I didn't know it was big. But then I would hear people be so blunt and say things, and I would go back and I'd be like, okay, well, because I was I felt okay about myself, and then I started to realize like, oh well, damn, they don't feel okay about how I look, so maybe I'm not supposed to feel okay about how I look. I feel like we're in this like really body obsessed culture, and society teaches us how we're supposed to feel about ourselves and that's why i love that you're like well you know i was losing the weight but i still felt good about myself right right definitely uh it's just about having the, the ultimate confidence that's what i've been dealing with lately just like you know what not you can't be perfect so you can try but nobody's perfect and obviously this is the journey that i'm i'm on how does your headspace as you're creating music how is that dictated by your workout meaning like you're in this world of fitness now has that at all altered the way that you show up to do what you do on a daily the headspace that you're in yeah yeah because i've always had the ultimate confidence but i feel like and this is gonna sound crazy but i feel like people didn't start taking me more serious until i did hmm so what do you mean by that like one day i was in the studio with future and we was like talking and he was like man he was like, I thought you looked straight. You start taking yourself serious and it, and it makes other people carry you, you know, carry your name with a little more respect because it's like, you know how hard it is to get in the gym and go do that? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it just, I, and I just feel like people just carry it different. Like, they just carry, they like, it's almost, I don't even know how to explain it. It's something that's so hard to do physically and mentally. So to your point, when you conquer this, then you look at everything else that's on the to-do list and you're like, well, damn, if right. I could do that. Now, I'm thinking about like when I work out, when I work out, I'm just a better person. Like, right. uh, I'm nicer to people. I'm more chill. Yeah. Like, I just feel good. How do you take that type of energy of like when you work out and you're in a good headspace, you feel 
relaxed, rejuvenated, whatever your process is, how do you take that into when you're creating? For me, it's just, it just, it's almost like therapy now. When you get a good workout, you're like, oh, I feel good. For somebody out there who is on their journey right now, their personal journey, they're starting, and perhaps looking to you for inspiration because you are on the journey, you are within the journey, what would you say to someone to, to keep them going? I would say, what would I say? I want to give somebody like the, the something that I would want somebody to say to me. But I probably would say like, it's definitely hard, but the reward at the end is like the, the greatest feeling ever. And, you know, it's it's not, it's just a lifestyle change. If you just focus on the end goal and not worry about what people got to say about you and like really take your time and allow yourself to make mistakes because you're going to make mistakes and learn from your mistakes and continue to just get back up. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, one of my friends will call it, you got to allow yourself some grace a little bit. You have to allow yourself just some freedom to be. Yeah. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I'm going to try to hit one of your classes this week for sure. What I appreciate is the confidence level. Mustard's confidence level has always been sky high. I am looking forward to checking back in with Mustard and following along with him on this journey. So, Keep me posted, Mustard. In the meantime, though, I'll keep playing all your jams in class. If you did not check out Alex's Mustard Ride, you are missing out. Shout out to AT. All right, party people. It's that time. It's time to tune in, turn on, and tap into Tunde's final thoughts. I would define... The way that I shape my thoughts about my body to be this space that's filled with so many colors, so many colors. There are positive days, and I'll call the positive days like the high confidence days, like, okay, nobody tell me nothing. Then there are the days where I feel like, okay, like, okay, and I'll call it the okay days, the days where you just blend in. And then, you know, there's the other shades, the darker shades of the moments where I'm measuring myself to other people around me. And I think that, you know, when I find myself in that space, comparison, body comparison, I'm able to start to rope myself out or pull myself out of that space, knowing that this predetermined idea of what is good that that it's not real it was created by someone and then blasted right like it's not real I think there's so much freedom in that there's a there's a heaviness that's lifted in that it's you know this idea I cannot change the things that I cannot change I cannot change the things that I cannot change. But then it's also like, why do I want to change those things that I cannot change? Why not accept myself? Perhaps in accepting myself, I give license to the person standing next to me for them to accept themselves. Maybe that's the meaning of all of this for me. Maybe that's why I'm here in this time 
on this platform to perhaps be a form, a visual of self-acceptance. Maybe that's what this learning is for me. My journey has evolved. I mean, there are definitely times where I would avoid looking at myself in the mirror. There were times when I avoided looking at myself in the mirror because I didn't want to see myself. I didn't want to see what was on the other side. As an athlete now, I continue to work to accept my body, knowing that this is my body, my one and only body. Now I'm in this space where it's not to say that I don't have days where I don't love what's looking back at me. Mm, I think the, the, the change for me is finding beauty in what's being reflected, you know? Embracing when things look different, sit different, hang different. I think it's acceptance. You know what? I, I, I think that... I think there's like these gut check moments. Like you, there's somebody that you're in adoration. Like you, you look at them and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, if I had that person's body, life would be easier. My bills would pay themselves. I'd walk around on clouds. People would open doors for me. Life would float. And then you sit down with this person and you realize that they too have insecurities. You sit down with this person and you realize that this person is seeing in themselves something that you do not. They've created this story that they continue to tell themselves. For me, those are the moments where I sit back and I say, Tunde, what story have you created for yourself? What story are you telling on yourself on repeat? You've told yourself the same thing so many times that no longer do you realize it's a story, you think it's fact, you see it to be true. Those are my gut check moments. I, 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 those are my gut check moments. Let's wrap it up with our weekly challenge. Grab a pen. Here's the challenge. Write a new story about your body image. I'm going to do it with you. What are you telling yourself about it? Your body. How does fitness play into it? And what are you capable of in this new story? And as a part of that story, let's build in a conversation about affirmations. How are you keeping your body talk positive? It doesn't mean the negative thoughts won't still come in, but how do you catch them? How are you aware and transition your thoughts into something positive, something helpful? We want to hear about it. Find me at Tune to Tune Day and at One Peloton, hashtag fitness flipped. For even more fun challenges just like this one, download the Peloton app to take all of our other classes. It's a great day, y'all. Go out and be great. Fitness Flipped is a production of Peloton Studios. It is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup Americans. Our senior producer is Sarah Pellegrini. Our development producer is Alana Levinson. And our production manager is Shelby Sandlin. Fitness Flip is sound designed by Pedro Rafael Rosado. Original music composed by Jen Kwok and Jody Shelton. Special thanks to Jen Cotter, Jamie Herbert, Laura Petro, Amanda Hill, Danielle Mills, Tony Calandra, DJ John Michael, and Alexis Duncan. 